Hi, this is George Romero, and you're watching Geekscape. Hey guys, we made it back in one piece from San Diego. I'm here with David Arquette, episode 34 of Geekscape. Hi. David's here uh, <laughs> to talk about his all of his wife's projects. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, Miss Cox, Courtney Cox. Yeah. Uh, no, this, you are what you eat. Uh, yeah. No, this is my good friend uh, Mark Riley, who's been on the show before. Say hi, hi everybody. Number three. Hi everyone. This is your third time, so mm -hmm. you and Ian are neck and neck for the for the who's been on the show more. We tied record. now. This is Geekscape. This is episode 34 of Geekscape. And um, this is movies, video games, and comic books over the next 45 minutes to an hour. You know what? I'm telling you guys right now, I've got a ton of clips from Comic-Con to, to cut into this next uh, episode. So plan on sitting in front of your computer watching this for a while. Because we're definitely going over. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Mark has had some huge news mm -hmm. since last we saw him. You did no. Star Wars Celebration. You did your Star Wars 30 seconds. Yep. 30 minutes. 30 minutes. 30 minutes. That would be hard. We tried 30 We actually did a 30-second clip at the opening ceremonies. Oh, that's cool. It wasn't. Oh, no. Okay. But it was, it was fine. But you did Star <laughs> Wars Celebration. Yep, we did the play. And the coolest thing is I saw you 4th of July, mm -hmm. and you were excited because you had gotten cupcakes in the mail from a really uh, appreciative Fan, fan, yeah. Who saw took his show. kids and saw it, and then mailed everybody in the cast cupcakes. Who was that person? That was J.J. Abrams. <laughs> that was the coolest thing. J.J. Yeah. Abrams came, saw the show, and then sent us all cupcakes. We all got like hand delivered cupcakes from you like know? the nicest cupcake place. Do in you LA. guys know Sprinkles? Everybody knows. Have you Laura eaten knows Sprinkles because we boycotted. Give them shout out. Because they're cause how much are their cupcakes? Like five. Uh, bucks? Three dollars, three dollars and fifty cents a cupcake. And they're 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 really good. People are down the line. There's People a line. Down, yeah, there's yeah. a line down the block. Every there's time a line. Pass it. And uh, he sent us um, a dozen cupcakes each cast member. You know what tastes better? Twenty-five cent cupcakes. No, just because they're twenty-five cent cupcakes. These cupcakes are amazing. For that three fifty, I get like tons of them, and they, then I just rub them on my body. Well, I've <laughs> they have a deal. If you buy more than three, you get like fifty cents off. So it's worth Ooh. it. <laughs> That makes the, those There's starving no kids deal. in Africa almost smile. Well, we airlifted some of them to those starving kids. I bet you did, Operation Dumbo Drop. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> exactly. best movie. Um, mm -hmm. And Dennis Leary. Not true. Yeah. His, his best movie is Judgment Night. Judgment Night. <laughs> yeah, with Chasing Emilio <laughs> and Cuba Gooding Jr. God, vaguely. You and your references. Oh, yeah, man. I got them, <laughs> I got them all. My, my stepmom and I were playing a game in uh, New Mexico. Uh, where she would name the movie, and I would be able to guess who I saw it with and where, what theater I saw it. So Judgment Night, you saw it. With Judgment Night, never saw it in the theater. Oh, I was too young. And Dumbo Drop. Operation Dumbo Drop, never saw it in the theater. 
Uh, so what's the point of this game now? It's a fun game. <laughs> okay. It's a fun game, but not on not on our show. Right. Uh, not the, here. The bigger news, and we'll, mm. then we'll get into our born uh, ultimatum review. The bigger news is that you're a married man. I'm engaged. You're engaged. I'm married. You're engaged. Now, that's whoa, whoa, the next whoa, whoa. Careful. Yeah, yeah. And they were talking about going to the wine country for a bachelorette party, and I was like, were yeah, really? the bachelor party ain't going there. We had a engagement brunch today. Yeah. Jonathan came. I was he, one of three guys. He was one of three guys. Thank God he was there because my fiance and her gaggle. women gaggle. I'm telling you single guys this. Uh, if you're single and one of your friends is getting engaged and has an engagement brunch, you go. Go. Because there's all these single chicks just waiting for the good luck chuck. They hear, they, yep, they hear about how you propose. They look at the ring. They see the wedding magazines. and They're hungry. They're hungry. They're on the prowl. They're very hungry. There's a so. lot of them there. They were um, moist. Don't they call it that? With perspiration? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. What are you thinking? I, I, had, to get, you I, I had to get out of there. Uh, they, were craw- <laughs> they were clawing at me, and I was like, no, can do. It was a hot commodity over there. No, can do. Um, so yeah. how did you propose? Because I think it was kind of cool. You're a screenwriter. How'd you do it? Yes. I, uh, my, I, I and, and you missed, con- <laughs> and, uh, keep, keep in mind, dogs. he missed the San Diego Comic Con for this. Yes, I was in Hawaii. I took my girlfriend to Hawaii, and uh, this is really you want to. And, yeah, yeah, uh, tell it. Uh, I, 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 I was care. writing Ladies a script, and uh, I gave it to my girlfriend for some, some notes, some, some of her thoughts. About five pages in, the story kind of skewed, and I said a little cut to Hawaii, and uh, I put my, my girlfriend's name in there. I said, Stacy's reading a script that her boyfriend wants. She was wondering why, what's going on. And, and you were reenacting your part because you're in the script. Yeah, reenacting the parts like, you know, Mark's hovering mm-hmm. over her. She's wondering what the hell's going on. She looks at him. He's being really weird. Uh, she turns the page, says Mark's down on one knee, and the character of Mark says all the cutesy But you're things. you're just too choked up to Ooh, say. Too choked up to say. But your character, quote-unquote, yeah. says him. Manly style. Says yeah. him. Pa- as if Patrick Swayze played you. Exactly. I think Patrick Swayze meets John David Mark Arquette. Riley. <laughs> yeah. So anyways... Says all the nice things. Stacy's crying, and then she turns the and page. She really was crying. She really was crying. She turns the page, and it says, uh, "Stacy, will you marry me?" And the thing. And she went, "Are you serious?" She looked at me. She was crying. She, she said some some curse words like, "Are you serious?" Uh, that's Stacy. And I had yeah. And then I had the ring out, and she flipped out. And uh, so I did it in the screen play. What are those dogs? <laughs> Rufus. Is <laughs> <DJ>. Rufus. <laughs> Rufus, you're Rufus. ruining the mood. What are you doing? He's telling us this romantic story. I wish Rufus was there. Yeah. I could have just laid it on his. <laughs> That'd be really funny if she turned to you and you were like, and, and, and it was like, are you serious? You just pick her up and throw her over the balcony. <laughs> well, I, I did punch her in the face. Yeah. Like, are you serious? She said no at first. No. She did. She said yes. She was That's very, awesome. it was a really, it was a great moment. That's sweet. All that three girls sweet. who listen to this show are totally in love with you right now. I hope, yeah. The, <laughs> well, the waitress today was really happy about that proposal, too. She was. Mm hmm. She it was a good proposal. She was cool. Don't steal it. She was cool. It's trademarked now. Um, yeah, I, I have a clause in my prenup that's Ewok Village Wedding. <laughs> you know, so that's kind of the litmus test to keep me single for a bit. And and Laura was like, I don't have a problem with that. And I was like, Fuck, found a winner. I got to think of something else. You, you know, know, the Ewok. She village. started. She started putting her hair in buns. I was like, all right, I'll do it. Got me a Han Solo vest. I was like, no, no. Oh, that's hot. Yeah, we're going to have Hank and Cheese act as Ewoks. <laughs> they are Ewoks. What are you talking about? VJ, you're Lando, baby. <laughs> Colt 45 works every time. What do you think? 
Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Me too, it'll just be partying. Um, so let's get into the show. Yeah. We want to see the Born Supremacy. This is the uh, culmination. Okay, okay, that's another thing. They're all born identity, born supremacy, born, born ultimatum. ultimatum. Okay, so we went to see the Born Ultimatum. Yes. Uh, the culmination of the Born series where Jason Bourne's on the run. And this is the one where he starts tying up all the loose ends that we've seen in the mainly in the second movie, yeah. figuring out who's behind this, and now he's got to make them pay. Yeah. And still uh, directed by Paul Greengrass, directed the second one. I think Doug Lyman did the first one. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mark, let's have at it. What did you think of the movie? I loved it. Yeah, it, this, is, this was the best not one. Skip a beat. I think it's the best one. What's cool, and I didn't realize this because I only have seen the first two once each. Uh, yeah, me too. This movie starts out with him injured in Moscow, trying to escape authorities, which what? is actually what happened towards the tail end of the second one. Yeah, that's what and I then thought. It, then it then it jumps forward, and at the very end of the second one, it jumps forward to New York, where he says you should get some sleep. To Laura Linney's character, you look tired. Right. Which is a scene that doesn't come in this movie until about three fourths of the way in. So this movie for That's right. is kind of a flashback. The three fourths of the flashback He's takes smart. place in the I didn't midst even of realize no, no, that. Ian Ian Kerner, who's uh, coming after your title now for fourth time guest hosting. What? Uh, well, one day. When are you gonna, for, one on. day. One day. We'll have you guys just I'll take sign up show. next. So uh, <laughs> he he explained all this to week. me because he because he read the books and he says that the books are pretty faithful through the first. Half of the first movie, and then they kind of diverge and kind of do well, all their own I, thing. Yeah, I saw the the Born Ultimatum book, and I read the back, and it had nothing yeah. to do with the movie. He says about halfway through the first movie, they go off on a different tangents. Oh, okay, kind of like halfway through. Uh, do you see that movie, A History of Violence? Yes, that love that. And, that and the graphic novel, movie. I both love. Yeah, but, but they're different. About halfway through each story, they go on different tangents, okay. um, which is kind of cool. I like that. There's like a riff. Mm-hmm. On something that starts the same way. Um, yeah, this movie's great. God, it's really so good. good. He was. I, I felt like it was more. Do you remember the second one? The second one was real. You know, Kinetic, his jerky yeah. kind of camera work. And this one still had it, but I thought it, he was a lot more mellow and he held a lot more. I just mm-hmm. felt more. I don't know. It was even. I thought he got better. This. At, the directing of it was I was just more into it and This one uh, I felt started a little slow Like they were being really careful with it mm-hmm. But as soon as it gets to this first action sequence At Waterloo Station That was awesome It it doesn't end And, and I gotta tell you when he, There's a part where he's jumping um, rooftops in Tangier uh-huh. And all I can think is That's Daredevil baby yeah. Remember in the Daredevil movie How he would jump like 40 yards Off a fucking rooftop And you're like What the hell is this He's not Spider-Man He's Daredevil no, He's Daredevil he, You know He can't take a bullet That was the worst movie I'm watching I'm watching <laughs> this And I'm like That's what a Daredevil Action sequence should be like He jumps rooftops When they're that close together Wouldn't that you know be I mean? cool If Greengrass did A Daredevil movie Oh yeah It'd be awesome It, it should have the same With style With Matt, Matt Damon Or my choice Guy Pierce. Maybe Guy Pierce would be good What you've been doing Since Memento mm-hmm. Come back to us Your little Tiger Kitty movies Don't do that Remember that <laughs> Right but Four Brothers four, Wow No Four <laughs> Brothers Was the John Singleton movie No and th- there was two of them Or two brothers What was it It was something yeah, so, Two brothers or Two brothers like It was yeah. about the tigers And uh, The fact that we know Exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about Leads us into our forums at the end of the show. That is, you know, you're a geek win. Yeah. Maybe that's you know you're a homo win. Or win. <laughs> or you know or you're a you, twelve year old child. Or you seek out an old Transformers shirt like that, that you shirt. saw at Star Wars convention but couldn't get there, so you go online. How much did that cost you? Eighty dollars. 
No, no don't get out of here. I don't know. I was about to freak out because you know mm. that stuff's out. It was like there. ten dollars. But that's good. Yeah. You know our shirts are twelve. Our Geekscape. So this shirts? was less. That was less and cooler. Wow. No, get out of here with that. <laughs> Something cooler than a Geekscape shirt. There is nothing. Um, I have five. Um. So. We both agree that the Born Ultimatum is a kick-ass movie, and it closes out the series awesome. Very well. I can't yeah. wait to get all three movies, put them on my shelf, and know that this is a really complete and well-structured. I just bought the first series. two today. Oh, dude, I'm waiting for a box. You know, there's going to be a hot I, box. But they had a really cool box set now that was like the Born Files, mm-hmm. and I wanted them, and I'll, I know they're going to be a cool yeah. one. But I'll tell you right now, it was 15 bucks for the two movies at Best Buy. Oh, well, that's a good deal. So I got it. It's a really good deal. It is a good deal. Um, I went to see another movie after I was all jacked up on uh, testosterone. I went to see Hot Rod, uh, awesome. where Andy Samberg and the guys from Lonely Island, that's kind of their comedy troupe before they were on Saturday Night Live. You guys know them as the Saturday Night Live uh, video clip guys who do like Dick in a Box and Chronicles of Narnia, the Chronic O's of Narnia. All right. Um, basically, the funniest parts of Saturday Night Live now are Andy Samberg, uh, this guy Akiva, and uh, Yorma, and they all came out of this little group, Lonely Island, that made these digital shorts online. They're really funny. And this movie, Hot Rod, I'd heard bad things. I did too. So Ian and I go, from what I can tell, the movie is about uh, a, a retarded guy. <laughs> because basically, Rod. basically uh, he's just like... You don't really know what age he is, but he's obviously way too old to be doing this shit. Yeah. And uh, he just wants to be a stuntman like his father. Okay. Who was killed testing a stunt out for Evil Knievel. That's how you. That's what you know early on. Okay. And uh, now he's going to follow in his footsteps, be the greatest stuntman ever. He's going to jump 15 buses, and he's got to, to raise enough money for his adopted father, his, his stepdad's heart surgery that he needs, his heart transplant. Aw, that's so, sweet. You know, uh, there's that. He and his r- retard buddies <laughs> uh, get together to. Um, and, and, if, and if you have Down syndrome and you're watching the show, I apologize. I believe in you. Go jump something in your backyard. Um, but, uh, wow, I can't wait to get the emails about that one. You uh, just. There's yeah, a line. You just tie some fireworks to the back of your tricycle and go for it. Uh, no, um, uh, Disclaimer this movie. Here. Is a shitload of fun. Yeah. It has so much heart. Really? In any movie that half of the soundtrack comes from Europe's greatest, like Europe's greatest hits. <laughs> Europe. It's just kick ass. There's a kick ass like 80s training montage in the woods, which is great. Uh, it it took a lot from those 80s movies. Yeah. Um, that were like, like the it. training, you know, got to. Oh, you're, of course amazing. you liked it. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> oh I loved God. it. And, and, but now it, it all makes sense. But it didn't. But that stuff, they didn't. They didn't hold to it to the point where it took away their originality. Mm-hmm. You know, there was some really almost experimental film stuff that they do in this movie. Really, which is hilarious. Okay. You know, it. it took balls. Yeah. To do this because you wouldn't. You know what I mean? You wouldn't uh, necessarily be trying this stuff on your first film, but Akiva does. He's the guy who directed it. He's one of the three people. And um, cool. this movie is a breath of fresh air. I thought it was just going to be part, like the movie that comes between Knocked Up and Superbad. Right. But it's a totally different style. It, it, it has that same fun, you know, and I group thought it was going to be like, you know, one of those old SNL, like the Night at the Roxbury. It feels know? a little bit like the first Wayne's World. Okay, but that's good. That's good. No, those I like that movie. Yeah, that's a really good one. Not the second one so much. Not the second one so much. Yeah. Sorry, Aerosmith. Um, I had a big part in it. 
do you like these um, Edgar Wright movies, Shaun mm. of the Dead? And, Hot Fuzz. Uh, Hot Fuzz. Hell yeah. Uh, we're going to cut to an interview that our good friend Brian Gilmore did at Comic-Con with Edgar Wright and um, Simon Pegg, the chubby guy. Yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah, he sat down with them at Comic-Con and uh, interviewed them, and here's that batch of goodness. All right, so uh, hey, guys. Uh, oh, yeah. How's it going? It's good. I'm here on my own. Am I really on my own? No, here's Nick Frost. I'm just here with Edgar R- oh, and Nick Frost <laughs> all of a sudden. Hey, guys. Um, from the movie Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead. And uh, we just had a press conference with you guys. And uh, someone asked the question that I really wanted to ask is, like, you guys saw, you guys have seen, you know, you guys are really well polished with action movies. How would you like Die Hard? Uh, I did like Die Hard. I could have done with more swearing. I would have liked it to have been R-rated. So, so I know you were disappointed about that, but I mean, did you did you think the action was you know a little? I like the scary? action. I like the sort of even the 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 silly bits like the the you know the jump jet versus Chuck. I kind of like that. I thought it was really? fun. Yeah, I, I did. Th- I think that was my least favorite part of the movie. Uh, no, it made me laugh when I saw it at the cinema. It was awesome. Um, but uh, let me see. So, <laughs> where would you rate that Die Hard among all the Die Hards? Okay, this would be my ratings. Would be um, I put Die Hard number one. I put like um, Die Hard with a Vengeance number two, then Leaf Free and Die Hard, and then Die Hard two last. Nice. nice. No, that's yeah. good. That's how it goes. Are you different? Yeah, I, I, I think for me the third one falls down because of uh, the ending. The, no, the stupid. Uh, as I was going to some tides. <laughs> <laughs> nonsense, and I switched off things. Those are bits of Jeremy Irons on Play Away. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, well, uh, like you know, we are a podcast. We do movies comics, video games, and are you guys comic fans? We're at Comic-Con. Uh, you guys no. No, not at all? <laughs> no, yes, we are. Okay, good, because yeah. you're doing a Scott Pilgrim, I yeah. heard. Uh, I'm so, something that I'm, I'm working on the moment, adaptation of that. I can mean, we, I, can I, we talk I, about it? Yeah. Okay, great. So tell us something about Scott Pilgrim. Doing how's it, how's it being handled? What do you guys do? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, well, this is something I've been working on for the last kind of like, a, you know, sort of, uh, Nick? Uh, <laughs> As it, as it I'm not in it, so I'm yeah. not bothered. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm here. You've read oh, it, man. Man. Yeah, I have read Scott Pilgrim, and uh, it's very good. All right, great. So um, what, what comics do you guys read? Do you guys? Uh, I'm a big fan of Joe Seiko. Do you know him? I don't. Uh, he, he did uh, Israel, Palestine, and Peace. and um, <laughs> Don't stop it. And uh, Yeah, he's like a political cartoonist. All right. That That's makes awesome. me sound like I'm up my own arsehole, but I don't really <laughs> like that. You know, I like right. Waking the Dead and... Uh, you know, three hundred was good. And okay, three hundred. Okay, three hundred. Um, so it's I was. Good for uh, me, I don't read so good. <laughs> 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 oh man, uh, that's awesome. So, uh, what can we expect from you guys next? What are you guys working on? We're. Uh, I'm trying to think of something facetious, but I can't. No, we're writing at the moment. We're basically spending the whole summer writing. So okay. yeah. Wow. So, um, can you tell us anything about what it's uh, going to be? Because I mean, I know you guys have uh, covered. You know, you guys have covered action movies. You guys have done horror movies. Well, zombie movies. Um, are are there any? Uh, is there anything else you want to do? Like, or is the next one going to be like a romantic comedy? Or? It's going to be. Well, I mean, we're hoping to make the big European Bukaki flick. <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe. It's um, I'm really. I'd look uh, forward to that. I mean, that's. I think that's what I'm looking. We're for still for casting, so. I had my fingers crossed. It's going to be called Bukaki actually. <laughs> Bukaki, actually? Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. So um, we'll look forward to uh, Bukaki, Kieran actually. Kieran Knightley in the sand. Neck deep. <laughs> Covered in man like that. Oh, wow. <laughs> that 
Awesome. <laughs> awesome. So one last one. So once again, you know, I really respect your guys' films. I think they're amazing. We're all huge fans, right? Should right? Everyone's nodding now and there in, at their home. Um, what's your favorite action movie? I'm going to go for Hard Boiled. John Woo. Okay. Ben Hur. <laughs> Which in many ways I think is the first ever action movie. Wow. Okay. Well, great answers. Um, I have uh, Ed Wright and Nick Frost here uh, from Hot Fuzz. Everyone. Uh, and Edward Wright here. No, 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 you um, better the first time. <laughs> Ed Wright here because we go way back um, from uh, Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead. So uh, pick up Hot Fuzz. It's coming out on DVD. 31st of July. 31st of July. Uh, this will be out by then. And uh, pick it up on HD and regular. Do it, guys. Yeah, nice. Do it, Geekscape. So that was the uh, Comic-Con interview with Simon... Peg and Edgar Wright, two of our favorite British guys. Um, Comic Con was amazing, dude. And I, I understand know. you have to like make these giant life decisions. Yeah. Well, you when do I made, have to do it during Comic Con. I didn't. I forgot and made the plans, and then surprised Stacy with we were going to go to Hawaii, and then she said, "Great, are we going to Comic Con too?" She, no, she said that. Yeah, because there was oh, talk. Oh, just bang the hell there was, right then and there. There was talk of Star Wars doing Comic-Con. And so it didn't happen, but she said, well, are we still going to be able to go to Comic-Con? And, and I went, yeah, let me check the date again. Oh, but you'd already bought the ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What an asshole. Well, well, well next year, uh, you got to come mm-hmm. with the Geekscape crew. Yeah. We owned it. Um, Gilmore... Actually told me a while ago about this movie Hatchet. We had a guest on. Uh, oh, he yeah. told me about this horror movie Hatchet. I keep hearing about this movie Hatchet. So finally, I was like, you know what? Well, you know what I gotta do? I gotta find the people responsible for Hatchet. And I gotta interview them. Uh, Adam Green, the director. We gotta talk to Robert England, who played Freddy, who's in Hatchet. We gotta talk to dude D. Snyder. Isn't Kane Hodder in it too? Kane Hodder's in it. Didn't Hell get a yeah. chance to interview him, but we interviewed basically everybody else involved with the film. I'm just going to cut right back to that clip. So here's this. Awesome. We got a treat for you guys. We got the director, cast members of Hatchet. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? I'm Adam Green. I'm the writer and director of Hatchet. And I'm Rylea Vanderbilt. I play young Victor Crawley. And I'm Dee Snyder. I'm apparently Adam's bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I feel, I feel bad. Dee came to moderate the panel because he was such a big part of how this whole thing came together and then all of a sudden he's dragged into like the press junkets and like the whole thing and like you really you can leave if you want but I just like having you I never get to I'm see cool. him he's just so. hanging out I'm cool being here <laughs> I'm apparently Adam's mentor she's his inspiration I'm his mentor that's why we're here my whole life right Zero here and muse, yes. you know? <laughs> dude uh, I joined the hatchet army on MySpace thank you checked you out because I saw your, your MySpace photo with your with your Stomach all sewn open like you just like you, uh, the autopsy thing, and, uh, and then you sewed him up. And, then, and uh, dude, you are a big metalhead, you know. I mean, look at this dude with the Guns and Roses shirt. You had all this stuff. Like, how was it getting in contact with fucking D. Snyder and having this movie get put together? It was it it was like a twenty five year in the making story um, when I was eight years old like I had an older brother and he was the one who turned me on to like Friday the 13th movies and Halloween and um, also Kiss and when I was a little kid I had a, a Gene Simmons doll and my mom gave it to the dog as a chew toy and I still want to kill her for that because could make so much money off of that but the dog was walking around eating Gene 
Um, but it, when I had to decide at eight years old what I wanted for my birthday, my grandmother sort of forced me. She's like, you're going to get a cassette tape. She's like, what band do you want? And I saw this guy, and I was just like, him. And, but it was more so the fact that I, it was the first album where I actually, like, because Kiss lyrics, there's really not much there. And, you like, I had, it was You Can't Stop Rock and Roll, um, and just reading the words to, like, I am on me, and, like, You Can't Stop Rock and Roll, and, like, just this inspiring thing. And the more you start to learn about how they put the band together and everyone telling them no and the record company saying no, and that's what Hollywood has been to me. Like, when, with this script, when we first sent it out, the rejection letter said, it's not a remake, it's not a sequel, it's not based on a Japanese one. That was why they didn't want to make the movie. And we used that as our tagline, which I think is hilarious because it's such a middle finger to Hollywood. And Hatchet is not the most original movie in the world in terms of, like, what the formula is. It's exactly what you think it's going to be. It's just... I think, and the casting's exceptionally well done. Um, the fact that critics are gushing over it and it's winning awards and the buzz is so good. It's just and people are coming on my show to, to review your movie, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, that is great. I mean, I just think it struck a chord. It was, the timing was right. People were ready to kind of remember why they got into this shit to begin with. And I think that's why it's working. But the other thing is the support that we have. Like, sometimes with these movies, like... Unless you're being paid to be there, the actors don't show up. Like, no one is being paid to be here today. Everybody's here because they love it and they believe in it. And it's this, like, collective heart that keeps beating that pushes it forward. And every time we got a rejection or every time we got, like, a shit straight-to-video offer, the whole cast would just laugh it off. And we'd be like, you know what? We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. And I gambled everything on this. And the fact that we got the theatrical and the response, it's just great. And it's, and it's a tribute to the fans because... Hollywood didn't get it when they saw it. They were like, oh, it's a slasher movie. Who cares? And the fans were like, are you kidding? Um, and you go to those conventions and you show some of the gory clips. Like, we weren't allowed to show them here today because Comic-Con won't let us. But you just... Well, Brian was at Fangoria. And he saw it. Yeah. <laughs> you show stuff like that and you just you feel this charge of electricity go through the crowd. And everybody was just like, fuck, yeah. And you know, when you see the gore in some of these torture movies right now, it's very realistic, and it's you, know, you squirm, and you're like, oh, man, that looks bad. But when you see somebody get their entire face ripped off and their tongue thrashing around, you're clapping and cheering, and you're just like, that is awesome. It's fun. Yeah, Brian has a question. From across the can. Yeah, what do you want? Um, now, how much of that is actually going to be able to make it into the theatrical release? Um, I think the fans who have already seen the movie are going to be thrilled when they see the theatrical release. Like, it was a really, really tough time. Um, I did, and I always feel guilty when I talk about being persecuted by the MPAA when I'm sitting with Dee, who had to go to court for... Crucified Washington. <laughs> um, and again, I just sort of, like, mirror him in, in, in my life, but... Um, at, in the, at the end of the day, we just kept cutting a little bit and a little bit and getting it through. And what I did is there's a couple big event moments in the film, like that head rip. And I refused to touch those, and I went after the other stuff, which isn't as offensive. But because they saw that I was making an effort and I was taking some stuff out, because all they want to do is reject your movie six or seven times so they can show on the paperwork if a parent complains, well, look at all the stuff we made them change. We're doing our job. So, um, so the movie is, you know... It's not quite as excessive as it was before, but um, it's still plenty excessive enough, and, and you get what you want to see, and 
Um, and then you can buy the DVD and see all of it. <laughs> yeah, the DVD will have all of it, but the one thing the DVD won't have is that audience experience of, of the screaming and the cheering and laughing. And so I, I know some people say, oh, if they cut a frame, I'm waiting till DVD. I don't want to get ripped off. You're ripping yourself off if you don't see it in the theater because it will never be the same way. We've, shown, we've had screenings with suits and industry people. The movie sucks. It's just like, yeah. and, but then you watch it with a room full of fans, and you yeah. can't even hear the movie anymore. Uh, it's like a concert. I mean, it's like it's like you have a practice space, but it's not the same as being on stage. That's right. I got a question for you, Adam. Can I uh, take over this interview for a second? <laughs> I just I remember hearkening back to seeing uh, Hasha for the first time. There's a hell of a lot of TNA in that movie. I mean, you brought back the old school TNA, and then some. Um, did they make you cut out much of that? We didn't have to cut a frame of the nudity because there's no sex. Good they, news, girls. They didn't cut out any of your boobs in the movie, in case you were wondering. <laughs> um, all there. They, uh, they only object to sex. So uh, nudity, topless nudity especially, they don't really have a problem with. There was an abundance of, of boob shots in there, probably more than I've ever seen in a horror movie. Well, the, with our audience, you're selling the movie now more than you say with a head rip. You know, there is more, dude. Seriously, <laughs> just point the camera over there. There's just more. Just say it all. It's, it's their boobs, though. They're hot. Yeah. See, look at them. Oh, oh wait a minute. She's taking she's, off. Her she's bra. taking off her shirt right now. Witnessing something. This is oh. <laughs> beautifully done. That shirt never looks so good. <laughs> um, you know they're naked now. What? Oh yeah, ooh, and you're and you're looking at us. I mean, look at her, but don't look at me and him. Looking good, brother. So yeah, so you can't show blood and gore, but you can show all the breasts are okay. Um, The one thing that the MPAA seems to love these days is scenes of torture. Um, Drug use is great. They love rape. Um, But God forbid a swamp monster chases a bunch of comedians around a swamp with a gas-powered belt sander. That's where they draw the line. Hey. Yeah. Got to protect the kids. They do have to protect the kids. Got to protect the children. And it's, uh, yeah, they're just awful. You fought these battles all. You fought these battles your entire career. Yeah, you know? yeah. This is nothing new. And, and when I did Strange Land, I went. It was really frustrating to deal with the MPAA. What a rush. They're exactly, but they're first torture film. Yes, first film that had the phrase on it. They made us say it and contained scenes of torture, but um. No, it's really frustrating as a writer, as a creator, to just have your movie seemingly arbitrarily being picked apart. It doesn't make sense where they draw the line, like like, like Adam's saying, so I feel his pain. And I went in and faced them myself. I didn't just keep resubmitting. I actually... Did you with you? No, I went... changed everything. Well, I figured that would have hurt it, because they would have been like, oh, this guy. Um... And I, I went by myself. I didn't bring anybody else, and I stood before them alone, and I made my case, and... Everyone in that room knew I was right. Every single one of them. You could see it in their faces. They wouldn't even look me in the eyes because they knew it was wrong. But that's their job is to uphold what the MPAA says. Because if I had won the appeal, everybody would start appealing all the time. And You can't let you win. The real problem that they have with Hatchet, and I know I'm right with this, is that it's an independent movie and it made it all the way to theaters. And the MPAA and the studio system hates that. They're afraid of it. Because if some jackass like me can make a movie with my friends for no money and have it go all the way and actually be successful, it just marginalizes what they do. And so they hate that stuff. And there was a point where Joan Graves was even saying to me, like, just don't put it on the big screens. She's like, put it in the art house theaters. And and I was just like, no, why should my movie not be playing up against... Because then your next movie is a fight, you know what I mean? The, the one that you make after this is a fight. So, like, if you guys are waiting for a DVD because you want to see the full cut, like, you got to understand that 
people are voting with their dollar, and then by going that opening weekend, they're casting a huge vote for you as a director and as a storyteller to make a second film and make it that much better and bigger. And if you're like me, you want to see boobs this big. <laughs> and you're not going to see them that big on the little screen at your house. I don't care how big your TV is. No, you got to go with an audience, like bring your friends, get popcorn, drink before you go in if that's your yeah. thing like just have a good time and make it a party just like a concert and in Montreal where we just I think it was three weeks ago we showed it um, there was a line 750 kids deep trying to get in they filled every seat the aisles and it played like a Metallica show just every time something happened the whole place would erupt and then at the end like two standing ovations they were so loud you couldn't hear the movie anymore and like that's the way to see a movie like this if you go see like I hate you, you, you know what would have been better Twisted Sw Sister show Fucking Metallica yeah, show. Yeah, 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 even I D1 like said. Frame of reference. I didn't care for it either. Thank you. But even D1 said everybody what else would. Didn't you? Didn't you once say everybody just wants to be Metallica? Isn't there a quote from you from that? I don't know. But, but it was, just go ahead, man. I wasn't yeah. offended by it. <laughs> I meant a twisted sister show. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for being on Geekscape. Thank you so much for telling us our uh, our whole audience about your movie. About We're excited to see it. Huge boobs. About the huge boobs. When you see young Victor Crowley, remember this face. It's me. Yeah, who thought of that? When I was eight years you old. Sick fuck. I know. I was at summer it's an camp. SMF. And the. <laughs> Eight years old at summer camp. It was actually called Camp Avoda. It was the worst experience of my life. They had us cleaning toilets and scrubbing floors. I just found out last year, Avoda in Hebrew means work. So my mom sent me to fucking camp work. <laughs> it's something with the Jews, the concentration camps. They just can't get enough of it. Um, oh, don't worry. We're going to put you on the train. <laughs> You're going to go to camp. You'll have very fun. You'll be very clean. Yes. Um, and success. So... Uh, yeah, well, we were there. The counselor said, don't come near this cabin or hatchet face will get you. And I was all excited. I'm like, what's he going to do? Who is he? I had all these questions. And they didn't have any answers because somewhere along the way, they forgot what the story was. They just knew hatchet face. And I made up the whole story that night in the cabin because the other kids are like, do you think he's going to get us? And, like, I had a hard time at camp, too, because I'm not good at sports. Like, I can't catch a frigging cold. And um, everybody else was always playing sports when I wasn't cleaning, like Cinderella. And... Um, so when I made up this story, all these jock kids all started crying and they were scared. And the counselors called my parents the next day. They wanted to send me home. I was like the weird kid at camp because I made up the story. And 20-something years later, now it's a movie coming out in theaters. And I bet none of those kids are playing professional sports. So fuck them. <laughs> Pussies. Wow. And that's his old lady. Hey, but he, you're seeing it. <laughs> Losers. <Very> nice. <laughs> I've seen her name. Very nice. Much success. Much success. <laughs> And this is the movie you can let that go now. Yeah. Move let on. Go. Let it go. Move on from Camp Avoda. <laughs> I came out like it was just filled out. Huh? <laughs> what is he? The name was just something that I thought was cool. Um, I wish I had a better answer. In fact, John Beekler once pulled me aside and he said, you got to come up with a better answer than that. I'm like, why? He's like, because fans are going to want to know something. Say he's the guy in your neighborhood who fucked cats or like something. And I was like, he um, was? Yeah, uh, what? We didn't have somebody who did that. He's like, you didn't? Oh, um, everybody has that. We had the donkey lady. Oh, hey, now. Hey, wow. Oh, yeah. It was hot. Oh, it just, did it. It was hot. It, it, just, it just has a good ring to it. Victor Crowley just sounds like Freddy Krueger or you know, Alistair one of those was things. taken. The monster, let's cast my girlfriend. Yeah. Well, where is that? Yeah. 
like Oprah, you know, Doctor uh, Phil style. Like, what the hell's up with casting your girlfriend as the mon- as somebody who grows up to becomes a monster? Well, she wasn't my girlfriend at the time. Um, she was a friend and a makeup artist, and we needed somebody. John Beekler said, "Get a woman with small features who's going to be okay underneath all all this alginate." And I knew she was a makeup artist, and she was good at doing the stuff. So she and came he saw in. Saw her with that prosthetic head, and he fell in love. That's, but that's the truth. <laughs> Instead of take it off, he's like, "Baby, put it on." Put it on. She was Turn around. That little tank top and these little shorts, and then this elephant man head. And I'm walking around going, <laughs> "Isn't that weird about dudes?" Yeah. 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 <laughs> that little thing, and then we're infatuated. What was that movie that was on the Masters of Horror? They had one. Oh, Jennifer. Jennifer. Yeah, that was creepy. Yeah, they didn't care that her face was so ugly because her just body turned was so around. Great. Oh. Yeah. Face in the pillow doesn't matter. Yeah. It's the face in the pillow roll. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, there was n- there was none of that when she was in the makeup. I tried. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We got to wrap this up. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> on that note, yeah. On that note, we can't wait That's to see lie. the movie. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thanks, Adam. Am I? You recording? You recording? All right. All right. Looking good. Okay, now that I look good, we're going to introduce you to three women who look fantastic. And they're not only that, they're talented. They're in the new movie, Hatchet. Introduce yourselves, ladies. I'm Tamara Feldman. I play Mary Beth. Uh, Mercedes McNabb. Jolie Fioravanti. You guys are coming in a long line of scream queens. You know, there's some legends out there. There's some amazing uh, scenes in the history of horror movies. How do you guys think that Hatchet, the scenes you guys are in, stack up against that kind of history I think that Jolie's death is the one that stacks spoiler alert spoiler alert for all you geeks out there you don't want to know turn it off I think that's probably one of the best moments and so talking about scream queens you know I mean I run around and scream the whole time but she really has a moment yeah Tamara does like the Jamie Lee Curtis totally and I think Adam actually refers to her as that but I actually have a very painful, painful death, and that's all I'll leave you with. <laughs> How about yourself? Um, I died off screen, unfortunately, and it was my first horror film, so I really wanted to have a great death. Um, but unfortunately, I died off screen, and I can't really say how or why because it, it's a really good joke a little bit later. Really yeah, mm-hmm. so it's hard not to like say everything, you know. Yeah. That's <laughs> like what you gotta do. You have to, to give them it. reason to come see exactly. It in the movies, but know? it's funny and it's good. Leave them a little tease. So, uh, Tamara, um, did you lose your voice at any point screaming throughout this film? No, no, not at all. Did. She did, but yeah, it's not from she was she was imitating Little John the whole time. Not, not because she's screaming the, what like a million <laughs> times on we set. When it actually time. got down to my scream scene, she couldn't scream. I couldn't scream. She's like, ha! I was like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but no, screaming the entire time is that that was the funnest part. So, and. What was the hardest part of doing this kind of movie? Was it extremely physical? I think just that we had to be uh, wet for six weeks straight. Wet, yeah, and and cold. sprayed really with cold clingy. water. Eventually, it got to the point where they would just turn on a big fire hose, and we would run underneath it because it was less painful than being sprayed down little by little by little water sprayers. It was about forty degrees. And it, it was, was really cold and was, really wet, and we were just getting every and we had between every take they'd hose us down again. Oh, I was sick. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd you guys shoot the movie? Oh, Santa um, Clarita. Yeah, but it was really hard. Um, Seeing my brother and my father torn apart like that um, was the, the really yeah, yeah sorry one. but um, <laughs> sorry for your loss I know thank you that was actually really really hard because I was um, locked in a barn and um, 
with a bunch of dead animals and stuff to kind of prepare for it in the middle of the night. And it, what, the movie's funny, but there's a lot of real emotion in there, and, and we really went for it. And I could hear her crying through the woods, and she could hear me crying. We were just kind of screaming and crying <laughs> together. off each other. It was helping each yeah, other. Yeah, it's... Um, it's funny and it's brutal and it's also has some really good emotional moments. I think. Mm -hmm. Now, as, as actresses, like, how do you approach this? Do you approach this any differently than a comedy, a drama? Where do you guys find uh, where these characters are coming from? I feel like I approached it as any other character, and I didn't try to be um, anything other than real. Yeah. And everything, I mean, all the reactions are real. If you saw that happening, then that's how you would react, and then everything just came out of that. I think the writing was so good that. You didn't yeah, have to we do anything. Really, yeah, we didn't have to think a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Adam's no, it's like true. It, it's not. There wasn't a whole lot of, um, yeah. you know, prior work and all that stuff because it's just like it was written so well and it was so it's just on the page how to do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and even also with Kane, yeah, he just scared the crap out of us the whole time, so we didn't have to like scare ourselves. Yeah, he, he did all the work for us, which helps, and you can tell in our performances, it's 100% real. Yeah, how was it working with legends like Tony Todd and Robert England and Kane Hodder? Like, were you guys fans of horror before you guys mm -hmm. got a part in Tanchet? Huge, huge horror buff. Like, mm -hmm. I grew up with Michael Myers and Freddy Krueger, and I'm in a movie with them. <laughs> and it just was like, yeah, it's pretty surreal for me. It was amazing, but I didn't get to work with Robert or Tony. I just met them after the fact. But working with Kane was really, really exciting and really terrifying. And he he stays in character the entire time. He never Kane's breaks character. amazing to like scare the creep out of you. Yeah. And fans love him. They think he's the best Jason. He is. He's the yeah. best Jason. So cool. Yeah. You know? You guys, can you guys do Jason's theme music? Cha 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 cha. <laughs> That's what we do on Geekscape. We nice. geek out. Nice. Yeah. It's like the view for us. People for like that. I mean, that's how we do it. Let's, let's yeah. do it. You guys got the skills. Is, 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 <laughs> <laughs> listen to me. You're going to pay for my wedding. You're going to get married to me right now. Do you think Star Jones is married to a uh, straight guy? We're, we're going to go there. What's his name? It was Deadman? No, that's Oprah. <laughs> Wait. Is Oprah married? No, I don't know. To Gail. <laughs> <laughs> to Gail. Girl talk, Love babies. You, yeah. you think I can only I talk about video shot. games? No. no. I watch my daytime TV like the rest of the babes. I love Oprah. That's right. I need, to, I need to watch it when, I, when I'm putting together my, uh, my crochet. Um, that's what, that's what, that's what I can list. Together your crochet. I, yeah. yeah, I just yeah, I blew it. Um, so was there any rivalry with you guys when you think about things like no. a sequel? No. Oh. And you're like, damn, I die. Oh. Flashback. No. Well, exactly no, I've been trying to. Like, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, none of our characters knew each other before. So I was like, Adam, what if it's a dream sequence or something? You know? Yeah, right. Because he's like, I can't believe that, you know, I maybe can't work with you guys again. Because if he did kill us off or didn't, who knows? Could but, we have um, individual flashbacks? Like, we could just do one. Storyline? We could do, but yeah, I don't know. We haven't figured out yet how we're going to do we it. But we're going to try. Out, or maybe there'll just be a whole new thing. It's like you guys are going to just make your own movie. <laughs> just go out and make your own movie. Adam can collect the checks on this, and you guys can make a giant franchise, mm -hmm. and he can have his little hatchet movie. That's fine. What do you think of that? I think it's Napoleon over here. Yeah. Ladies, you know, they got the entrepreneurial spirit, you know? Ladies, do it better, yeah. you know? <laughs>
Okay. <laughs> I wonder how it would be if a woman made horror films. Like, if we decided to make something that scares us, would it be the same, do you think? We'd just laugh too much, I think. We would yeah. laugh. We'd, We'd be like, I'd be really, I know. Giggles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's coming to get you. It's scary, because they never stop. Stop. Would I can't play? breathe. <laughs> yeah. That's Ow. the point. My face hurts. My face hurts. Do you play the game, would you rather, like, would you rather be licked to death by bunny rabbits right. or, like, pelted to death by pickles? This is the movie that answers those questions. Spin the bottle. Come into theaters this year. Make a movie called Seven Minutes in Heaven. Make a horror movie based on all those little sleepover games. Dude. Don't say anything else. Zip it. We'll talk later. Never mind. We'll talk later. So I'm sitting here. Introduce yourself. I'm Dion Richmond. Now, Dion Richmond, if you guys don't know, we all know him as... Not another teen movie, dude. We have to talk about it, Dion. <laughs> I thought you were going to call me Shaft, because that's what I'm really known for. You know, Shaft? What? Yeah, I did Shaft. Which one were you in Shaft? I was back in the 70s version. I was the old Shaft. Yeah. Get out of here with that noise. <laughs> you, were, you, you were in... Richard Roundtree, that's me. <laughs> yeah. I'm Richard Roundtree. You might have seen me in Steel with Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he ain't going to say he, that. He's, sure in, he's, speed, he's in Speed Racer. Richard Roundtree uh, just rather, got cast in Speed Racer. I think he would Racer. rather talk about that one than Steel. But, <laughs> but dude, you were you were with Johnny Storm in not another teen movie. I was, man. I was. Man. And you were playing like the black stereotype. And I was, man. So tell and me how you didn't have that in Fantastic Four, and that pisses me off. You know well, what I mean? Well, tell me how you handle it in Hatchet. Are the you the guy, are you the black dude who kill who sacrifices himself so the white guys can get free? Actually, because you know how I'm that a little happens more selfish in every movie. Yeah, yeah. I was a little what more selfish. What you need to do? I ran for myself. And I was just like, hey, if you get caught, it's on you, dog. You know what I mean? You need to find the people with less pigmentation and throw them towards the dude with the hatchet. Right, right. I need to do that. You know, there's just not many darker people to throw in front. You know what I mean? Like, they had to throw the right. darkest person in front. Couldn't find too many people darker than me to throw in front. Looking for Don Cheadle, but we, they couldn't afford him. No. You know what I mean? No. Um, at a, you know, uh, you got to look up Blood Diamond. Get a right. little of that going. That's what I'm thinking, you know, like that, that. But I wasn't dark enough for that either. You know what I mean? I don't really look African. You know what I mean? Where does this movie take place, Hatchet? This takes place in New Orleans, the swamp. Okay. In the swamp of New Orleans, which we shot in the desert of California. Yeah, I was thinking about it. No, it works. It works. In the earlier interviews, you guys were talking about shooting in San Clarita. I'm like, there are no black people there. Right, you had a little uh, (laughs) little Six Flags in the background. You know what I mean? Like, if you can escape the swamp, you can get to the roller coaster. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Yeah, that'd be a good showdown yeah, that'd be on the loop to loop. That'd be great. Now, the little, little Six Flags man comes and fights Victor Crowley. Dude, <laughs> you're in a movie with Robert England. That's crazy. What the crazy, fuck? Crazy, crazy, crazy. Were man. you pinching yourself? Did you have? Well, who did you have scenes with? You had scenes with Kane. I had, oh, I had a yeah, I had a couple with Kane. My favorite. I had my speaking scene was with Tony. With Tony, was, the, yes. with the, the Candy Man, right? Dude, and the Beast whole time I was looking at his mouth like, if, if one of them motherfucking bees, bees fly out, <laughs> I'm out of this movie. I'll go ahead and keep rolling this camera if you want. <laughs> now, 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 he was in Beastmaster 3 with Mark Singer. Right. right. Did you ask him about the loincloth? He still have it? I stay away from loincloth conversations. You know, I just uh-huh. try to stay away from him. How it's much for safe. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, well, that pretty much does all my questions. <laughs> that just cleaned my schedule it for the rest of the interview. all the loincloth. I was going to ask you, tiger out. or leopard? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Let's go tiger. It's, it's a little more intimidating. Well, it doesn't chafe, for one. True, true. 
and leopard, you could look like you have something. You know what I mean? Like if you if you blend right with it, I'm like, oh shit. Well, what I like, Dion, is that we've gotten this part of the interview. <laughs> I don't even know who you're playing. Yeah, I know. I, I'm not. What look. is this movie you're in? <laughs> you're in do a movie, anything, man. Is there a movie? I was. I'm actually just snuck in here just now. And I stayed at a Holiday Inn last night. So. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't hit me with that I'll fucking lose it You're in this movie Hatchet Right Majority of the stuff you've done up until this point Comedy? Mm-hmm Most of it What ha- What's the phone call like when you get asked to do a horror? Was there any oh, fear man. going into this? It was because I didn't want to do that I didn't want to be on Skinamax Right In the middle of the night It never hit the theaters You know, you get a call from like your friend from high school 10 years ago Like, oh man, I was up at 2 in the morning and I saw your movie <laughs> Dude you know that video store down the street that has that dollar bin? Right, the whole dollar you. bin. It was like four of them in there. It was amazing. Like, damn, dog, that's terrible. But then you like, start finding out about some of those. Yeah, I started finding out about the, the pieces the legends of it, man. you're with, man. And I, when, when Adam, I met Adam, and he was the director, and, and that was where I was really concerned because you can get someone who they got a script and they hired some director right. from somewhere else to just come shoot it, and he's just going to come throw in his little shots, okay, angles, and then, you know, it turns into just crap. But he was so passionate about it, and he knew what he was doing, and he knew what he wanted to see, and mm-hmm. he was a horror geek. So I was like, I can trust this guy. Did you respect your input movie. and things like that as an no, actor? No, he didn't respect it shit. It wasn't like, listen. Respect shit. He was like, shut the fuck up. At page 70, <laughs> you're bleeding to death, and, bleeding you say, to death. and you say, I will stop him. Right. White folks, go ahead and get, and get out of here. <laughs> I'll take the I'll hits. I'll distract him. <laughs> I'll take the hits. You know? Go, brother. We have to do a horror movie where yeah. it's just, you know, fuck that. Well, you know, if it was a hard movie with black people, like, it would be some other shit. Like, Victor Crowley would be getting shot at. You know what I mean? (laughs) We're going to be finding shit. Pulls out a hatchet. You pull out, like, something. Yeah, a machine gun. Like, what the fuck? I just got this from Hector. Shit. Uh, And I'm low on bullets, so I need to make sure you stand still. No, no. Fuck. I I do not watch Cinemax. It It was decent. It was very decent. But, you know, I was actually supposed to audition for that movie, and they didn't hire me. And what? I'm sh- yeah, and I'm sure they're they mad about it now because they don't even show that shit in reruns. So, you know what I'm saying? Big <laughs> time. Big time. Dude, Neon, this is hilarious. It's fun hanging out with you, man. It's fun hanging I out with I hope the movie makes a jillion dollars. I hope so, Worlds too, man. checks, baby. I, hey, I'm not getting any, but I still hope <laughs> you know, I still hope. They got to put it. you in like a video game. <laughs> oh, I'd be great. Huh? Catch the hatchet and throw it back. I just hope they don't make me funny looking. You know how in a video game your face translates Action figures. into an ugly dude? You right, end up you know? looking like the... Like, Freaking oh, character man, from like, Mask. Right, the Mask. You're like, oh, dark. cool, it's Eric Stoltz. Like, wow, this dude got a tan. Mask got a tan. I didn't know it was possible. <laughs> like a Transformer. If they transform me into a burn victim. Right, you know? So I hope that if they do translate the media, that I look good as a toy. You know, that's cool, all man. I'm hoping. Yeah. I look good as a toy. You know There's I mean? room for improvement. There's room for improvement, man, you know? I'm kidding, brother. Take off a couple of edges. <laughs> smooth a couple of things out, you know what I mean? Make my toy official. Maybe give me a big chest, you know what I mean, some shoulders. I'm just going to let you roll, man. Just rock this thing, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to make my own toy. And after I do that, I'm going to sell it at the AVN Awards. Mm. A little screech action. (laughs) (laughs) I have to pay for my house. (laughs) No more screech jokes. No more screech jokes. He'll find you. Yeah, he will. He's crazy. Thank you so much, Dion. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, man. I'm here with two legends of the screen, Tony Todd, Robert England, two guys that we all grew up watching, and uh, we continue to watch in movies like Hatchet, which is coming out this fall. We've heard amazing things about it. Why don't you guys tell me a little bit about the movie? Well, uh, you know, Tony's Tony's got the meaty role. Uh, I'm more of a cameo in Hatchet, but it's basically a return 
to hardcore old school horror. Without the CGI, without the bells and whistles, this is just relentless, wonderful horror. This kid, Adam Green, has come out of left field, and he's one of the most gifted young directors I've worked with. And Kane Hodder, who many of you know as Jason from all the Friday the 13th movies, is uh, working on a new franchise as far as I'm concerned. He wears more makeup than I ever wore as Freddy Krueger. He's got not only the head and the face... But his entire back, he looks like a stegosaurus in heat. <laughs> to be honest, you're better looking. Yeah. Much better looking. And Robert is actually in one of the first scenes of the movie. So right away, all the horror fans are going to say, product identification, there's a man we know we're going for a thrilling roller coaster of a ride. But, I mean, you two guys, when you guys come on a film like this, because like I, uh, I told you before the interview, we had Scott Glosserman on our show, who directed you in Behind the Mask. It brings a legitimacy to the horror. It brings fans with it. They trust that this is going to be a good quality horror film when they see your faces. Well, that's really flattering. I don't know if we, either one of us really wake up thinking that, you know what, I'm an icon. You know, yeah. I, I, don't, I try to avoid that. <laughs> but it's, but I guess it's a reward, the fact that we both took not only whatever roles it is that brought us to the attention of people, but we took our work and craft seriously. And, and, and we will and, do nothing less than to do our best and, and for now the fans. We go back to your films. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, for instance, I know. I knew Tony, Tony's work way before Candyman, and and way after Tony's. You know, I don't think of Tony as 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 a monster guy. Although, you know, I got to tell you, Candyman is a classic, an out and out classic film. And you know, I was. You said, he's, you said something interesting me earlier today. You have to embrace it. You can't run. Yeah. There are a lot of guys that get twisted about. Oh my God, I don't want to be identified as that. You just have to embrace it. I, and enjoy yeah. it. I, I had done probably 15 feature films and a successful TV series before Freddy Krueger. That's right. And I was part of the 70s renaissance. I worked, Three. You know, yeah, I worked with Bob Rafelson, who did five easy pieces and introduced the world to Jack Nicholson. I worked with Robert Mulligan, who directed To Kill a Mockingbird. I worked with Robert Aldrich, who directed Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. I worked with Daniel Petrie, who directed Raisin in the Sun. You know, this is the whitest guy in the world and discovered a half a dozen of the most terrific African-American actors in the United States of America. And and I had this and I was I was spoiled rotten. And I did this little horror movie because in those days we thought of Wes Craven as David Lynch from Hills Have Eyes and Last House on the Left. And it took off. But what it gave Boy, me, it the off. blessing and the happy accident, and Tony knows this too, is when you do a horror movie, they're international in their success and it opened doors for me in Europe and Wes Craven taught me to respect the genre and as Tony says to embrace the love yeah because the the, the respect and the outpouring that we get or I, I hope I'm speaking yeah. for both of us when we go to strange cities like Vancouver which a lot of film is done there or anywhere Canada you know Europe Paris it's amazing how many people are connected by the love of this genre and you can't deny that. And as long, you know what? I'd They're watching somebody, right at, now. At They're the all end of the day, right at the end of the day, I'd rather somebody know me for something right. than not know me for anything. And I'd be stuck in some factory doing something I hated. I love what I do. I love this business. You also get screen time in the genre when you're when, when you're when you're a leading man in the genre. And I know Tony knows this. And Tony Tony's done guest stars, and I've done guest stars on the top shows in, in television. And there's there have big casts. And you, you can do your best work and still have that scene cut out. You know what that's like. And yet when Tony's doing Candyman or I'm doing 
a, a strange, deranged scientist in a, in a little horror movie in Europe or something. I'm able to really breathe on camera. They're, I know they're going to cover time. me. They're going to let me. Yeah. They're going to give me. They're going to give me time because they need me. And that boy, that opens doors not only for other roles, but it also helps you as an actor. I think because you really get that time. It makes you feel more comfortable in your skin. And at the end of the day, isn't that what we're all as human beings looking for? Is to be comfortable to right. accept ourselves. You know. And then we go back. And, and one we, day, we, who we, knows? So maybe we'll get those two classic icons yeah. together, Candy teamed Man up. You know what I'm saying? Freddy. Get ready, Freddy. <laughs> so, seeing it as on the big screen. Think it and be it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. See it and be it. You got to project it into being. But, but it, it opens up the, an audience that then goes back and discovers your other films. We were talking about The Beastmaster, which we all love. Yeah, right. And you're in that. I discovered you, Robert, in Never Too Young to Die. Hmm. Now, now, don't get shy. That, I bought two VHS copies of this film because I ran the other one into the ground. This is the John Stamos classic where he has to battle hermaphroditic Gene Simmons to save... Robert's a scientist who's gonna po who's gonna who's gonna gonna poison the LA first computer nerd in movies. I think I played the first computer nerd ever in movies in that wow. film. Yeah, you started the stereotype. You started it. You guys are you guys are, are trailblazers. This is amazing. And, and, and we're sitting. Can, with can I ask Robert a question? Did, did you actually audition for Freddie? Yeah, uh, you know, it, it was strange. I was doing a play with George Went from Cheers. What was the play? It was called Journey's End, which is now running. It's now the big hit show on the West End in London. Okay. It's a World War One play. It's an anti-war play. And I had just finished the miniseries of V. And George was making a decision about whether to do this show called Cheers. Wow. Or this other show. He actually had two pilots at once. Wow. And I was going up on this audition, and I was hanging out at the New Wave clubs then, because I was kind of flush on La Brea. And, I, and there was one I really liked. They had a great band. And I remember sitting in there, and they had two black and white monitors in the bar, and they had a continuous loop of sequences from The Hills Have Eyes. And that's how I knew of Wes Craven. So when I got the interview... I drove over in my old beat-up sports car, and my friend smoked then, and he'd put a cigarette out in my ashtray. And I licked my finger, and I took a little bit of the ash from the ashtray and did circles under my eyes, slicked my hair back because I have a very high hairline, and went in. And you guys can tell I like to talk. I'm a mime run off at the mouth. I shut, I zipped my lips, and I just played staring games with Wes Craven and let him articulately and eloquently explained the backstory and the mythology of the Nightmare on Elm Street. I got home, and you'll remember these. Remember the, that old invention, answering machines? Oh, yeah. I got home. I got home, and I had the part. Wow. Same day. That's incredible. That's how it works. Well, well thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for It's not every day you get two legends sitting next to you guys. I have one more thing to say, and that is Freddy versus Candyman. At a theater or drive-in near you. Drive-in, preferably. All right, that was everybody involved in Hatchet, basically, at Comic-Con. And, dude, I got to tell you, when, you saw it, but on that Tony Todd and Robert England clip, sitting next to them as Tony says, listen, I'm just going to interview Robert myself real quick. Do you mind? And, and I was like, dude, don't let me get in your way. So I hand him the mic, and they start riffing on each other like two horror icons. That's cool. I was, dude, I mean, for somebody who loves horror movies as much as you do, uh, that, dude, having Candyman and Freddy Krueger with an arm's reach of me, like, on my show. That's cool. Jamming like that. 
It blew my freaking mind. Um, we got to keep the news going, though. Yeah. Uh, let's pause real quick to let you guys know about uh, NetRiver.net. Um, NetRiver's our sponsor. They're out of Linwood up in Washington, close to Seattle. They are a badass facility for running your hosting plans. They've got all this technology and co-location stuff. They run Geekscape. So you're only able to see this and download this and enjoy this. Because of NetRiver.net, they're changing up their business plan. Bless you, baby. Did you hear her sneeze in God the background? Bless you. Maybe. Laura just sneezed. Um, they're changing up their business plan, and while they do, uh, it might not be that easy to order a hosting plan, but you can do it. You got to email their sales department. Say you want a hosting plan. They're like eight ninety five. We're on their hosting plan. Kicks ass. We haven't had a glitch, but it gets cheaper. You put in the code Gilmore. He's getting a lot of love, man. He's in Japan right now, like, what? breaking all sorts of laws. Really? He's What's he doing there? 14-year-olds. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> but, um, well, it's legal there, so. There are no laws in Japan. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, you, you put in Gilmore as your promotional code, you're going to get 10% off. Email the sales department. NetRiver is going to hook you up. If you've got a website, you literally are a dummy for not using NetRiver. Um, everybody's like, I'm a dummy. <laughs> no. All you GoDaddy Damn, account holders, you're an idiot. Um, you heard it here. Have you heard of this Seth Rogen getting the deal to write and star in The Green Hornet? Yes. What your, your take? I went. What the hell? Yeah. But see, they've been. I've been hearing. I heard Jack Black at one point for Green Lantern. Was I? Yeah, maybe? it was Green Lantern. Okay. I take that back. You're right. That's. I mixed it up. I heard George Clooney. At one point, Kevin Smith had a hold of it for a while. Kevin Smith. So I guess the Kevin Smith, Seth Rogen is more along those lines. But then, I think, you know what? Like, let's just wait and see. What are they going to do? I'm not um, familiar with the Green Hornet. Too you know, much. it's it's like you can play these characters from the 1930 pulp novels straight, like mm-hmm. they do with the Shadow and Alec Baldwin. Yeah. But you're going to get a movie that's kind of tame. You know what I mean? I felt yeah. like that movie was kind of the. Yeah. Kind of the 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 end of the of the 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 era that was started by Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Dick Tracy was a big hit. Yeah, the Shadow kind of brought that to a close. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. Um, Not until like what Spider Man. And I think then? Sam Raimi's in charge of the, has the the Shadow right now. Not to direct or anything, but I think right. he, he's involved in trying to get that back on the screen. Isn't the Spirit something similar to that? The Spirit. With like Frank the Spirit is 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 Eisner's work. A right. guy who was supposed to be dead. Killed off And um, he comes back But he's not dead obviously He's no. a, he's alive and beating guy He's not a ghost or anything like that But he's kind of like this hard detective And it's more swinging The spirit's mm. more swinging and more fun They have more colorful characters Sort of okay. in a Dick Tracy style But okay. Frank Miller's doing that one Right He's director mm-hmm. uh, I could go for this I don't know You know what We're just gonna have to wait and see I'm telling you right now I don't think the movie's gonna get off the ground Green Hornet it just sounds like one of those things that somebody reacts to like a really big knocked up opening weekend right. has the property and says maybe they're the solution to not losing my job because I paid for the option on Green Hornet. Yeah. You know, cuz people buy these options. Mm-hmm. And then if they don't come out with a movie, they're in the red. Right. Right. You know about the strike that's going to that everybody's thinking about yeah. next summer. Yeah. Uh, they've pushed Wolverine into production starting in October. Mm-hmm. Like movies that may not be as advanced in the development stage as they need to be. Hollywood's Pushing the, through the pipeline 2008 to Late 2007 Is I mean yep. I, I saw the numbers Of productions going in uh, the, Like in that time period Just to beat the strike Oh yeah 
and it dwarfs the same time last year. You, you know what happens when, when you push something to like have a temple or to have something? X3. Like X3, Poseidon. Um, Spidey 3. Spidey 3, yeah. When, they, when, they, when you hit the release date and you don't even have a script yet? Well, this is um, this Come is on. caused because they think that everybody's going to go on. Well, I understand too. that, but they're still doing like for right. like summer movies where they have the big boom, 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 boom <clears throat> openings. Well, yeah. they're doing it again with uh, with Watchmen. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes a director has a weekend, mm-hmm. like they're, like they're releasing Watchmen on the same week that Three Hundred was released. That's good. You know, sometimes that works. I'm telling you right now, Martin Luther King Month, you release something like Coach Carter basketball movie every year. This year it was Stomp the Yard. Huge oh my numbers. God, it was huge numbers. You release, right. a, you release like a like a black urban film in that month. Mm-hmm. Huge numbers. Um, that's hey, dude. Hollywood is not. It's a science. Um, so speaking of comic book movies headed to the big screen, Why the Last Man? Have you read this? Yeah. You, re- you dude. I read Why the Last Man. You know who's Man. doing it? Yeah. DJ Caruso. I didn't know. Wait, no. I thought it just. I DJ Caruso. Took- is directing it The guy who did uh, This movie with uh, Shayla Booth Where he's Peeping Tom Oh Disturbia Disturbia I didn't know that I haven't yeah. seen Disturbia It's good Yeah I hear it's good Because it has the chick From Accepted in it I thought I read Laura's looking at me now I heard the What are you making They're making Why Yeah they're mm-hmm. making A Why the Last Man movie And D- the director of Disturbia It's really good it. And he And Brian K. Vaughn Wrote the original screenplay too What's that maybe Jonathan Who's gonna be York Me and me. You gotta go to Australia, baby. They're gonna computer generate York. Hey, baby, if you go to Australia and I gotta go find you across the world with like two lesbos, can you stay in Australia? Because in the comics, like York's girlfriend starts hopping continents, and it just makes them tougher for the guy. I, I cheat, cheat, Hank and she Cheese will, will be my monkey. Maybe Rufus. Because um, trust me, we've shared DNA enough. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Len Weissman did. Live free or die hard. He's doing Underworld. What's mm-hmm. he doing? Wait a minute. You tell me it's the coming news. To me. You tell it's coming me the to me. news. Coming to me. I forget. I forget. Gears of War. Yes. The Xbox 360 mm-hmm. uh, mega freaking hit. He's doing another one too. Uh, Escape from New York. Oh, he's man. he's redoing Escape from New York. Right. Uh, you know what? I thought that that before I saw Live Free or Die Hard, I would have thought that was the biggest mistake in the entire world. But I gained confidence in him as an action director with that movie. I liked Underworld. Yeah. I thought I could have been better, but... Yeah. No, no. Not good. I gotta tell you, man. Next week on the show, I've got Stan Winston and the, the, uh, the cast from um, Skinwalkers. Mm. I sat down with them and did an interview. It's gonna be on next week's show. Nice. Yo, werewolves, straight up gauntlet movie. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> this is a gauntlet movie. The only way I'm going to see this movie in the theater is if I have you geekscapists with me. We're at a midnight screening and we are freaking yelling our heads off. It says, probably from what I saw, as enjoyable as the movie can get. And dude, I love going to see bad movies like with my homies yelling. VJ's there. He's saying bull crap. He's yelling. We saw Blade Trinity together. Blade that, Trinity, baby. Was there it was. The worst. Horrible. The oh worst. Oh my god, Dracula's here. We're so scared. And then Dracula runs away from them. <laughs> in daylight. In daylight. That's right. Weird. You know? Wesley Snipes didn't take off. I mean, he never really took off his sunglasses, but he yeah. really. He did, like, apparently yeah. didn't even want to be doing it, and it showed. Horrible. It was. Um, we got one more. Yeah. Uh, 
another video game going to the big screen. Return to Castle. Oh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Did you? Ever yeah, play this? I read, yeah. Return yeah. to Castle Wolfenstein. I heard about that. It's gonna be. I, I don't know. Is this the first movie he's directed? Roger Avery, the guy who did like work with Quentin Tarantino. He did like some work on Reservoir Dogs. I guess and so. Pulp Fiction. I forgot the name. He, Silent Hill, your favorite movie. He wrote that. Didn't he direct Silent Hill? No. Did he direct Silent Hill? Is that the guy who he did wrote it? Oh, the guy who did Brotherhood of the Wolf did Silent Hill. Well, now oh. Roger Avery is writing and directing Castle Wolfenstein, which is a, you can do whatever you want with Castle Wolfenstein. I just know that it was the first first person shooter I ever played. And then Doom was after that. Yeah. Didn't Doom come out after? But I got to tell you, when I got to that last dude on the first stage of Castle Wolfenstein, it opens up that door, and there's that giant flat topped. German dude with a Gatling gun, and he's like, Good in talk. <laughs> and you see your little dude's face, which was your health meter, and it starts getting all bloody and falling apart. By the time he becomes a skull, you're dead. That 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 got my heart beating. You didn't have really any time to react. You dude, just... I was like, Oh shit! Like, welcome to first person playing. You know what I mean? That was my first intro, was that German Nazi dude in Castle Wolfenstein. That's funny. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, that's our movie news, friends. Do you feel like people have gotten their, their movie news? Yeah. Uh, would that's you cool. feel good moving into comic books? Yes, I would feel very good. Now, we've we got to talk about Spider Man because I got a huge spoiler for all you Spider Man fans who are looking at this new mm-hmm. amazing Spider Man thing. But yeah. for, before we go into it, we have another interview from Comic Con. This one is with amazing Spider Man writer J. Michael Straczynski. You know him from Babylon 5. Oh, yeah. You know him from Rising Stars, Supreme Power. Supreme Power. He's also a huge screenwriter. He's doing World War Z. Is he doing World War Z? Oh, that's right. And The Changeling with Ron Howard. So His company. J. Michael Straczynski's big time, but not too big time to be on Geekscape. Uh Uh-uh. We're big time now. And uh, he sat down with our good friend Brian Gilmore. I shot it. And here's that interview. Hey, guys. How's it going? I'm here with J. Michael Straczynski. Um, he is one of my favorite comic book writers, you don't and get much he has you. been. <laughs> I actually are you saying that because of how pale I am, or because of how much I like your work? I'm, I'm sorry, you need to get out more. Oh no, no, you are definitely one of my favorite comic book writers. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, he currently writes um, uh, my top two titles uh, right now: uh, Amazing Spider-Man and Silver Surfer Requiem, which is a great miniseries that Thank you're you. doing. Um, and so. I've heard a lot of people complain about uh, sort of the older Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are saying the thing that we liked the most about Peter Parker was his youth. Mm-hmm. He was going through a bunch of awkward things, and, you know, he goes through so much in his life, and we're losing that as he's getting, as he's getting older, and we want to go back to a younger Peter. Um, what, what's your answer to that? Like, well, I think that's probably why they, they created the Ultimates line, to bring that aspect of it back again. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that's just always troubled me is we have the graying of the comics industry both in those who write it and those who read it. Um, you see, tend to see more here at Comic-Con uh, grown-ups dragging kids along than kids dragging adults along. Definitely. And I think that there's something kind of amiss in that. Uh, and our, car- our heroes are growing up at the same time, and there's some good about that and some not so good about that. Okay. Well, um, I personally think that you've just completely you've centered in and you've hit the nail on the head on who Peter Parker is um, because, I mean, he's not going off doing a bunch of things that, uh, you know, he wouldn't usually do. He always really stays in character, but most recently in the back in black uh, that we're going through right now, he's really pissed and he's going out and he's, um, you think that he's going to kill people and he's threatened the kingpin's life and he's never gone, he's never gone that far to say, I'm going to kill you no matter what. If my aunt dies, I'm going to kill you. Um, And he means it. Now, um, does he? Yes, he does. 
That's what I wanted to if ask. If that May were to die, there's no question that the man who ordered the bullet to be fired, his whole life he's been about defending Aunt May, mm-hmm. a price would be paid. Wow. But would that, that price would be the kingpin's death. Absolutely. Wow. And, um, well, I mean, you know, death is something that, you know, you're dealing with in Spider-Man, and it's great, but also uh, in Silver Surfer. The Silver Surfer right now in Silver Surfer Requiem That was a very good segue, by the way. slowly dying. <laughs> That's an excellent segue. The death-to-death thing. I was, I'm in awe. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, he's and those of you at home, by the way, he's written out a phone number over here. So if you, as he's been waving his hand, if you do a freeze frame, you can find out that phone number and call it later on. It's actually Courtney. She's right over there. Excellent. Courtney Love. He has his number. <laughs> She's kind of cute. Um, so, um, well, right now, now you're self-conscious, aren't you? No, no, a little bit, yeah. Good. Um, but, uh, My job so here is done. <laughs> but yes. in Silver Surfer Requiem, Silver Surfer is dying. Uh, yes. who's, whose decision was that? Was that your decision? Yes. Why, uh, why did you uh, want him to die? Was it because of the movie that came out? He owes me money. Death comes to us all, and I wanted to see how someone who has that much power and who has seen what he has seen would deal with it. Mm-hmm. Would he rage against the darkness, or would he go quietly? Or, or there's something in between. So, I, I, again, I like to explore the larger questions and the larger issues, and that gave me a chance to do that. Yeah, it definitely does, because in uh, this last issue that came out this week, you even have uh, people trying to figure out, I mean, you have Magneto trying to, trying to help him, you mm-hmm. have uh, Professor X, you have people of all walks of Marvel Universe trying to help this guy, because mm-hmm. he's been that great of a guy. Now, yeah. um, I don't want to ask, is he going to die, but if he were going to die, do you think, w- would, it, would this be permanent? Well, the the Marvel Knights title operates kind of outside Marvel continuity, right. so we're okay in that respect. Um, and yeah, he's he's. But he's, would that be the end of him in that? In that, I don't know. Uh, that's a decision beyond my beyond my pay grade. Huh. But in in my books, yeah, he he dies. Wow. He's going down. All right. And uh, part of the reason uh, that you're here is because of Babylon Five. And, and my mom didn't have birth control. And your mom, <laughs> your mom did, didn't have birth control. And um, about. A user submitted question about Babylon 5 was, um, when you come to these conventions, I mean, I, I know you're known really well for your comics, and uh, you're also known really well for your sci-fi, but which one do you get more of? Like, It's a mixed bag. I mean, guys who know about my comics work don't know about the television work. Guys who watch the te- television know I'm doing feature films. Guys in the film work don't, don't know I do comics. So it, it's kind of, uh, no one knows each other. Mm-hmm. I, I walk in three separate worlds. <laughs> That's good. Among my people, they, but they know not me. <laughs> and so, uh, what, uh, what are you... Tell, tell us about Babylon 5. What's coming out? Uh, Babylon 5 DVD, which is a series of short stories set in the Babylon 5 universe. Each one out to run a different main character. And uh, the chance to do kind of an anthology show and, and peek back in on these characters who I work with for so many years. The same way you kind of go back to a high school reunion to see you know, who's mm-hmm. still around, who's alive, who's in jail, who's on bail. All right. That's great. And uh, can our, can you give us uh, any insight, maybe any spoilers, and anything that's going to happen in there? No. <laughs> You have to buy the damn thing. All right, that's fair enough. Go buy that. And what's that? Touch on Thor. Touch on Thor. Let's do rebirth. Oh yeah, let's do let's do rebirth. Uh, you brought back Thor. Yes. And um, you brought him back in a in a pretty mighty in a pretty uh, mighty way so far. He's really he wants to come back. And uh, where are you going with that series? Uh, it's really a chance to again use him and the whole mythological premise to explore the larger questions of life and death and rebirth and everything else, and put him in the middle of America and see their response to him. Hmm. Now, if Thor were to come back to America, I mean, I know you're going to write how they're going to react, but theoretically, how do you think they would react? They actually kind of welcome him. They kind of bring down home kind of guys, and they say, "Listen, you know, come to the town meeting, come to dinner, you know, and let's see the intersection between gods and men." 
That's great. And uh, we only got one more question because I'm getting the wrap-up sign here. Um, now, Supreme Power. I adore Supreme Power. Now, if the Squadron Supreme got into a fight with the Justice League, who do you think would win? I would. <laughs> For I am mighty and take large steps. Oh, great. So, so, so is that your answer? Come on. Yes. Squadron Supreme or Justice League? Me. So I'm going, it's all about I'm me. Going, I'm going it's with all about me. I'm going with Squadron Supreme because... He's the writer, and uh, I'm going with, yeah, that's it. Okay. He would, he, he would cheat in there. He would get him. So J. Michael Straczynski would win. Thank you. It was great talking to you. Right, thank, thank you very you. much. All right. So that's what JMS had to say about Spider-Man, Thor, Silver, the Silver Surfer. Is he right? The Silver Surfer script for, yeah. for Fox? Mm-hmm. That will be good. Are you reading the Thor comic book that you I am reading did? Thor. You like it? Uh, I read two. I didn't read two yet. Oh, you like behi- the first I'm behind one? on my comics because I went to Comic Con and just bought all this stuff, and it's sitting on a, on my. It's sitting on, like there's two stacks next to my bed. Um, but we'll see. I like the artwork of Thor. Yeah, Thor is a character, not so much. Yeah. Um, but Spidey, they're doing this thing one more day. Yeah. Okay. Where what if you had one more day? Uh, we don't know what that's about. I'm worried that's gonna be like the other. No, I'm gonna right. now listen. What I'm about to tell you comes from the same person. Hello. Hey, Rufus. Hey. So that's Rufus. This is Rufus. This everyone. is Cheese. Hank's over here somewhere. But uh, the news I'm about to tell you comes from the same guy who told me uh, about two months before they killed Captain America that Captain America was gonna die. So you knew that? I knew, it, dude. I knew it through about halfway through Civil War. I sat on the fact that Captain America was gonna die. Every time I was reading Civil War, I expected him to die on the next page. Wow. So let that me must tell have been you. Traumatic. Oh, yeah. A little bit. And then he doesn't even die in Civil War. He dies in his own book. But I'm telling you right now, yeah. cover yours if you don't want to hear what's going to happen in the Spider Man books. Who I want to hear. They're going to de age Peter Parker and Mary Jane. They're going to bring him back to a smaller, like, like a much younger age. They're not going to be married anymore. And yeah, they're kind of resetting the characters, but keeping the rest of Marvel in continuity. Because Aunt May's in a coma. Somebody makes a deal with Mephisto, the devil. Okay. It deages Peter, and is maybe gonna, and they do it to fuck with him. Is he gonna get his identity? It deages Mary Jane. Yeah. Now he's like now nobody knows him from fucking Adam, you know. Wow. So he's back to being anonymous. So it fixes that one big time. And here's the one that's gonna cause people to throw their iPod across the room. They're bringing back Gwen Stacy. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering so, if you were gonna go there. Wow. They're bringing back Gwen Stacy. They're bringing back the little love triangle, and uh, that's gonna be. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. I mean, when you, when you can't a kill a character, spider. it's like... Well, it's you comics, gotta, I you guess. Do it. When are they going to bring Captain America back? But they'll bring Captain America back one day. They're going to do um, one more day for him, and they're going to de-age him. If, if you want a uh, comic that doesn't pull punches, we got uh, Fear Agent, this book that Dark, Dark Horse is, re- is putting out. Mm-hmm. I can't talk. Uh, Dark Horse is putting out this book, Fear Agent. It's the third series. they got two issues out. Dude, that is such a kick-ass... Alien invasion book. Really? It's not one race of aliens invading. It's two races, and they're gonna fight it out on Earth. And we're caught in the crossfire, hiding in like warehouses and stuff. Really? What's it called? Fear Agent. Okay, it's out now. Well, there's two trades out. Okay. You gotta go get those trades. I'm gonna get. I like that uh, stuff. And this, it, it's That's great. My favorite. It's really damn cool. One's like a robotic race, and one's like this uh, brains in in uh, jars type race. You know what I mean? Ooh. And uh, and then there's a third race of like geckos that fly around, and they're they're kind of like the scavengers who follow the war. Three? Oh my god! It, it's fun, and, That's and, cool. and they don't pull punches. The first issue, they kill the dude's kid. 
They kill the dude's grandfather. And it's just he's stuck on the moon fighting a resistance with his love interest and his ex wife. Does it take Things place like now? Or uh, like yeah. future? Yeah, now. Okay. And uh, and it's told a little bit out of order, but in a very clear way. So it, this like is, why the last man? It's such an enjoyable book. I went back in San Diego. I went and bought the for earlier two trades because Ron from iFanboy is an awesome podcast all about comics. Uh, he said, "Dude, you're an idiot if you don't go buy them." I'm gonna go get it um, now. Video games. The big complaint with our show is that we don't do enough video games. Uh, I gotta tell you right now. I played the first video game I've ever written. I played the DS Raw vs. SmackDown. Oh yeah, how was it? Uh, it's it, well. I'm telling you right now, it's a very early version. Mm-hmm. I'm going to uh, THQ on Tuesday to, to meet with those guys and see like an early later version of the game. But uh, it's very cool, man. It's it feels like Elite Beat Agents. It's not one of these games where you push left or right and your guy walks around and then you hit a button to punch or kick mm-hmm. or do this. You use your stylus the whole time. So you get stuck in these lockup modes And you have to hit a button You have choices of buttons that appear on the screen You have to hit them very quickly And do motions That's cool. Like circular motions or dragging motions To execute the move And if you don't do it fast enough You get your ass beat You know what I mean? Wow. And so the match goes swings one way or another Depending on how successful you continue to do these maneuvers That's you know? cool Yeah, I mean, it's a new way to do a wrestling game Or a fighting game you know, it's new and it's for the DS. It's original. I think I hear the dialogue sucks. <laughs> well, um, so I'm excited to that. They also showed me this uh, Conan game, which was kind of cool. We interviewed Conan last week, but uh, the game looks sort of like God of War, but there's a lot of puzzles, um, and I don't know how open area it is. But a, the Conan game, I'm gonna try and get that thing for free. I'm gonna see if they can Conan get me Conan solving puzzles. Well, it's like it's like you get to places. It's like Zelda, you know what I mean? You have oh, to it's yeah, action, yeah. but you still have to solve like open crates and stuff like that. I'd much rather see him solving puzzles. I know. Oh, a crossword. You, you want to hear what we did? <laughs> yeah, like, we went to this. Down. We went to this press panel for one of your favorite directors. His name is Uva Boll, uh, director of House of the Dead, oh, Blood yeah. Rain. Alone in the Dark. Alone in the Dark. He's one of your influences, correct? When you sit down at the keyboard to write films? Absolutely. I think of him, and I, that's what I realize what not to do, and I start working. Well, he's amazing. I'm going to hold these interview clips until next week's show, but he's doing <laughs> the, he's, he, he, dude, he, dude, I interviewed Uva Bull, and I'm telling you, man, he, no, no, you can is knock on, dude, how dare you talk to Uva? I am on your side. Is it Uva? I feel you, brother. Uva? Uva Bull. Okay. He's German, uh-huh. and Uva, well, if you're out there listening... We're still homies. Don't beat me up. He beat up that one critic, dude, right? You don't in the, jack in the ring, dude. You step to Uva. He's gonna put you down. And he and I in the interview, we do a little bonding. You know how? He's the guy who introduced Van Damme into the, into the conversation. And right there, I like you. But I also like him because he showed some clips from Postal, so uh, oh, his gosh. film version of Postal. It actually looks pretty funny. I will not. <laughs> it actually I looks funny. Not. It looks what like a, it looks. It actually looks like a kind of movie I'm actually going to enjoy uh, on a Sunday afternoon. I saw the preview the for fun. that. He has the window dude, washer dude. was September 11th. Give me a fucking break. Come on. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. This movie. No, goes the guy there. Is, This movie. Yeah, I know he goes does. There. And he has no right to go there. After we're gonna, we're gonna the show dark. you. We're gonna show you these interviews next week. But um, <laughs> but I will say that the dude, one of the dudes from Running with Scissors, the developer of the game. Okay. Was at the press panel and pulled me aside 
showed me on his laptop some stuff that's going to go into the new game, which isn't going to be out until 2009. This Postal 3 game is open-air environment like uh, Grand Theft Auto. And it, it's a postal worker but going But it's postal, postal, dude, and you're going nuts, and you're, like, killing people. Oh, it's God. the third one in the series. That's funny. I got to tell you, he hooked me up with the first two, with, with, like, a complete edition of all the postal stuff up to this point. It's called the Fudge Packer edition. He gave me the D. He goes, dude. Nobody has this. And he gave it to me because he, he knew I was down. And then he Nobody showed me. And then he showed game. me this thing from Puzzle Three. It was really early, really rough. But I can tell you right now, the best weapon in the game is a badger. You grab a badger by the neck and by the tail, and you walk up to people, and the badger goes, <laughs> and, it, and it cuts them to shreds. So that's your Geekscape exclusive. I haven't seen that anywhere on the internet. In Postal 3, coming out in 2009, oh. unless, the, uh, uh, unless the U.S. government doesn't allow it to be released, the kick-ass weapon, which works like the chainsaw in Gears of War, is a badger, <laughs> which carves you up with its claws, because you've got your fucking hand up his ass or something. You got him by the tail, and you're, 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 you're literally going up to people and going, mm, just putting the badger up to him. The badger's like, <laughs> he's in this little harness, flies. like this oh carrying case, and you just carry him. Mm. I can do it with cheese. Right, cheese? Kind of reminds me of like... Uh, cheese. Mm. No, not going to do it. Cheese. Yeah, cheese is like, out of here. Screw cheese this like, noise. Screw I'm out. Um, yeah, we got that postal stuff coming next week. Um, oh, my God. And you, you've you been playing Super Mario Strikers? Mm-hmm. You wanna, what, is it good? It's pretty good. It's more like a fighting game. Than it's more like a fighting actual, game. Like a soccer game. Because you just, you just kick the hell out of people that get yeah. near your ball? No, it's like you have to, basically, it's, hey, you want to come on? Yeah, come, come, come in real quick. This is VJ. All right. VJ Carrots, how you pronounce it. Um, what do you do, it's baby? Not, basically, it's like it's not like a soccer game at all. You have to, like, um, it doesn't even matter where you're at. Basically, what you're trying to do is um, allow yourself. It's my homie. Allow yourself to, like, get these things called mega strikes, which are basically, like, super moves. So anywhere on um, the other person's side of the field, if you can get there and like charge it up, then you'll go into like a cinematic sequence, and where you'll kick like six balls or up to six balls, and the other guy, and it cuts to like a point of view of the goalie, and you have to like zap the balls before they go into. The so you zone. is it good yeah. on the Wii? Yeah, it's good. It uses I mean, like, I mean, to move around is just like any other game, like on an old system with control stick, but I mean, it's pretty fun. It's you go into like, like mini game stuff. Yeah, so I mean, it's somewhat mini game stuff, but I mean it's. It's pretty fun. So it's not really that much strategy as far as I've played it in terms of hitting the ball in the actual goal. So, I mean, it's almost like a basketball game. Like, it could be any d- game possible because, like, I don't know. It's really weird. You have to, it's more like an action game than a sports game. But you're into it. Yeah. Bring it over and we're going to play? Yeah, I'll bring it over. All right. There you go. We're going to bring it over and we're going to play. Whatever. It's got online, too. So. Oh, it does have online? Yeah. Have you tried it? Yeah. How yeah. is it? Wait, how is it? Wait, this is like the first Wii game with online. How is yeah, it? It's actually it's interesting because you can use it to like cheat at the game. Because like okay, so I played one online match before. Right. I I came here just because I you asked me or whatever. And so what's weird is that um, to find other players at first, like you, you don't even use like your Wii code. First, you have to have the Wii code. Then the game itself has its own individual code that you have to give to other people. And then well, that's so frustrating. They have to enter up, enter like two things just to. Uh, find somebody but you can play like a random person and what it does is you find the random person and it'll tell you how fast their connection is and you can be like okay this uh, person has a four star connection 
and I'll accept it or whatever. That's good enough for me. So basically, you go into the game, and then what you can do is you can kind of like, I don't know, move your Wii or put something between your router and your Wii. And so whenever you get to the Mega Strike thing where you're shooting like six balls at him and the guy has to zap him, he can't move the controller fast enough. <laughs> so I did that and I won, of course. But you, fu- you like blocked. Yeah. You put something in no, there. I put, no, I didn't do that. Like my connection went crappy or whatever, but I noticed that you could do it. Like you that. make it go crappy yeah. so that he has he a can, hard time. Yeah, to block Because you can just like go like this and this and block him. But I mean, if it's lagging, it's like really choppy and stuff. <laughs> so I mean, it's hard to miss it. And that is this week's edition of VJ Cares. Cheat code, because that is some dude. It, I do that. You're a cheater. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not. That's some the game rules. genie they, bullshit. They don't want me to do it. They like. What? Keep it out. Come to your house? No, it moved right. out of the game. So I mean, they got to think of stuff like that. Guys, yeah. game developers, BJ is out there. He will hack the hell out of your game, and he will make it not fun for anybody. I'm never playing you online ever. Whatever. You are a cheater through and through. <laughs> Whatever. That's why we like you, BJ. Nice. That is some cheat code stuff right there. Um. We know some people who love video games. There's this show out of Canada called Pure Ownage. No. It's these two dudes, and they were messing around like we do, and they grew like a cult following for their videos. And it's all about video games. I'd never heard of it really until I went to, to San Diego and shared a booth with these guys. So on the last day of San Diego, we got together, and I interviewed them about their show, Pure Ownage. It's all about... It's, they play characters. Mm-hmm. It's like Friends... No, it's not. They gave me a DVD. I'm going to watch it. But it's a bunch of dudes. They play characters all involved in video games. You know how when you, there's, like the, there's like the first person shooter guy, there's the person who likes role playing. Everybody's a different character. Ah, and it's cool. like their whole interactions. And it's like, it's like a soap opera. Oh my God. You can download it. That's a good idea. So they gave me the DVD, and uh, guys, I miss you already. And they're Canadian. And I knew Canadians were good in my book. Yeah. I don't oh, I'm leading the interview. Wait, uh, cool. oh, hey man, do the interview? Sure, man. Right. Hey man, I'm Jared. Uh, I'm Jonathan. This is Jonathan. This is, uh, this is my brother Kyle here. Do I get microphone privileges? Yeah, he hey, what's going on? We're all hanging out of the Divix booth here at Comic Con San Diego, right? Yep. It's kind of my hood. You guys are you guys are from what? Toronto? From Toronto? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We drove ba- down from LA, so welcome. Thanks, man. You guys are both the, the dudes behind Pure Ownage. That is correct. This is Geekscape. Welcome to our show hey, on man. our coast, baby. Awesome. I gotta say, Toronto is one of my top five cities, man. I nice, love that dude. place. It's it's creative, and uh, the UN calls it the most diversified city in in the world. It's very true. I didn't know that. I didn't That's know. absolutely true, my friend. You oh, learned you something about your Canada. Ta- you know more than love I do. It. That's great. I love it. Now, you guys started the show how long ago? Uh, it's three years. Uh, in May it was, so just over three years. Were you guys just bored or what? How'd you guys start Pironish? Ah, well, we're just having some fun with the camera, right? And then we put the videos on the web, and then people started watching them. You and just then, described porn for yeah, like, well, the majority of people. Not that much fun with the cameras, right? right? Yeah. So, yeah, and we played a lot of video games. So we started doing the show about video games, and Jared had this character called Jeremy that he made up, and he started being him, and people thought he was real. And, then, uh, and yeah, we just rolled with it. And uh, can, maybe you want to say a bit about your character, Jeremy. I don't know. Go for yeah. it, baby. Well, How far is Jeremy from the actual truth of it? He's pretty far, man. I mean, Jeremy and I both play a lot of video games. We both really dig video games. But uh, he's kind of an asshole a bit. And uh, so, you know, he, he's just inspired by all the kids on internet forums that kick ass at video games but haven't really mastered social behavior yet. So I was interacting a lot with these kids because I was playing games competitively. And so we were taking some footage, and it just kind of came out, and it happened. And I sort of just 
got into this character. We put the footage online just uh, because after it was edited, it was kind of funny. Went viral, and uh, and then all of a sudden the show was created by demand. Right. And now you uh, got to do more. And, it's our and, job. And, and you play some characters on the show. Yeah, yeah. My my character is Kyle. He's the cameraman, so he's always behind the camera, and he's a part of the universe. It's kind of like a mockumentary thing where we walk around. And I will talk from behind the camera and interact with the characters. Got and I'm it. kind of just this geeky film nerd that uh, that uh, you know goes around filming his brother all the time because he's doing a documentary, right? So now you guys uh, hooked me up with a DVD. I'm going to watch it. I'm gonna, awesome. I, and I think I'm basically going to become a huge fan. Probably. I got to hook you guys up with some Geekscape t-shirts and merch before you guys Sweet. leave. Sweet. Right. We'll do a little little cross country trade. Awesome. But, uh, we love you guys, and uh, gotta say, what are some of the things you saw here at Comic Con that impressed you as video game players? Impressed us with video game. I players. mean, have you guys? I mean, we've all been at the booth selling our stuff, but have you guys gotten a chance to walk the floor? Have you seen any new video games? Uh, n- not really. I mean, there was a Donkey Kong competition, but I guess I played that like 20 years ago, so mm-hmm. not not as impressive. The There's King of Kong is a great movie. Unreal you play video games, and you're all about video game competitions. No, it's pretty. There's cool, no man. better movie than The King of Kong. Oh, you've seen it already. We had we, we've seen it twice. We had the main guy on our nice, on our nice. show. I'm pretty excited for Balls of Fury. I didn't even hear about that until just today. We interviewed him for the and, show uh, as well. I'm, I'm a big ping pong player, so. Uh, and a Christopher Walken uh, fan, so I'm pretty stoked. You're about gonna be that, a though. Geekscape fan, my friend, because everything you just listed <laughs> is something that we've covered for all our Geekscapists. The, the, uh, the most exciting thing for me was meeting Maddox. You know, the best page in the universe. Now you were telling me about that. What is this all about? What's this Maddox thing? Oh, he's just like he's the king. Right? You guys will have to go talk to him. Yeah. I go talk to him. He's basically the funniest yeah. guy who's ever lived. So I finally got to meet him, and uh, so it's cool. It's been an experience, man. We're we like haven't really left now. this this booth very much. No. So this is like my my four. We, cubic we've barely feet. been at this booth. Yeah. That's true, but but all, all our fans were taking up so much space. You guys can fit in, right? They were like, I know. they were mobbing me. All and, the and, girls and, and, and I think we, I think we had one fan come by. Yeah, one fan. Oh no, one that's fan. One, what's one minute? Oh, one minute. Yeah. Shit, you guys are pro, man. The guy, he's like, <laughs> Kyle doesn't give me <laughs> symbols. You, Kyle doesn't do this kind of stuff. For, no, all man. right. I just well, that's how that's how Gilmore rolls, baby. All right, man. Uh, thanks so much, man. <laughs> Good luck with no the problem. show. I love hanging out with you guys okay. here in San Diego. We're like brothers now. I'm going to miss you guys. Are you going to give me this? Absolutely. That's how we do it on the West Coast. We'll hang. We'll hang. (laughs) Yeah, we'll totally. totally We'll chill, man. Chill. That's how you say. We'll play some Wii Tennis or something. I love that Wii Tennis. Where can we check out PureOnage? Spell it with a P because you're not a noob. So, those are my new homies north of the border. I'll come visit you guys soon. We'll play online even though you guys will probably kick my ass. But uh, in closing, we got to do forums. Forums this week. We're started by our forum member at Geekscape.net. On our forums, Deporitas. No. That's his name. It's yeah. You Know You're a Geek Win. Uh, there's some really good responses to this one. Our good friend Satori, he's another Canadian. He said, uh, you know you're a geek when you take your son to daycare in your Geekscape shirt and feel like a Wookiee among Ewoks because all the kids are at your feet going, ooh, ah. <laughs> And that's what the <laughs> Laura loves it. <laughs> We're gonna get you on here for an Ask Laura one day, all right? But uh, that, that's how you think when you're a geek. You yeah. Think in ter- like me, I'm like, I, you know, you're a geek when you put the Ewok Village only clause into your wedding uh, prenup. Yeah. Um. So there's that. Uh, thank you, Satori. Uh, you made Laura laugh. You're now officially funnier than I am. Uh, uh-huh. I haven't made her laugh in two years. Um, Sloppy Bunny He said uh, You know you're a geek when uh, You know more about cartoons Than the 12 year olds you teach Ooh, Yeah That's huge That's, that's, yeah. that's a big one 
uh, Wookiee Wombat. You know you're a geek when you uh, wave your fingers in front of an electrical opening door to make it look like you're using the force. Every time. <laughs> so you go to a public building, oh there's an automatic, like, like a, like, or if you go to like a supermarket. Yeah. Laura's doing this right now. Wookie, I love you, baby. That's so funny because Wookie, Wookie, I do that. Wookie just I ordered his swear to God. t-shirt and he kicks ass. You no, know you're that's a geek. Funny. You know you're a geek when you go to Comic Con. You, you only get two hours on the floor because you're busy shooting segments for your uh, you for your fans. This is inappropriate. And this game. is what I get for my girlfriend. That's awesome. This is Mr. Toast. He's got his own comic. The world of Mr. Toast. I love him. I also got you an Alley doll. That's what I got you for Christmas. You know you're a geek. And the matching comic books. And the matching comic books. Uh, Los Ojos de Muerte. He's our good buddy. He's been on the show. Runs DV Clothing. Dot com. Go get your uh, other shirts that aren't Geekscape shirts. He says, uh, you know you're a geek when your nipples get hard from the Iron Man trailer. Hmm. Interesting. Really? You posted that in a public <laughs> forum? Really? Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Uh, one of our moderators there on the forums is a guy, Josh P. He kicks ass. He says, you know you're a geek when you watch student film projects and you get them. <laughs> <laughs> you saw film school crap. Oh, years. yeah. Oh. Hell yeah. I still don't get it. Yeah. Nobody got mine. I haven't seen you that. You saw Gay by Dawn. Well, Gay by Dawn. Gay by Dawn is pretty I, clear. Yeah, it is. I thought um, you were talking about your other one. Yeah, no, that's it. Oh, that's I'm it. finishing all right. El Rey, I'm finishing, I, and actually, I was thinking about some of the people that were at your uh, thing would be really good for my insert shots. Yeah, I'll talk to you about it. I'll oh, talk to you about okay, it. good. So, we'll some of the girls there would be really good actresses for this insert shot. I got to do to finish El Rey. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that. Got lots um, of those. That's our packed episode. We're here, Geekscape episode 34. Next week, we're gonna have that Stan Winston footage. We're gonna have more from Comic Con, and uh, got to tell you guys, go to our MySpace, MySpace.com/slash. Geekscape net Go and check out the forums Go and check out We're building this new website It's going to kick ass And also Go buy a shirt They're 12 bucks Tote bags are 5 You get free pins with every order You can get that all at geekscape.net Mark Yeah Mr. Arquette That's me Thank you so much for coming on the show Thank you Is it fun? Yeah, I want to come every time Every time Why don't you t- He never asks Ian, me anymore Ian will get mad well, I know Well now I'm mad Watch, baby. Bye. We're going to have Ian versus yeah. Mark every... We're going to have that coming up. It's just going to be you two. I'm not even going to be on camera. You, we should just sit here and... What do we need you for? Nobody needs me. Well, that's not true. Yeah, that's it's true. true. Yeah, yeah it's it true. Thanks for having me. <laughs>